Just one verse from Psalm 139, a beautiful psalm. Psalm 139 and it's verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm sure that David, the one who wrote this psalm, King David, uh, never realised uh, the enormity of those words that he spoke, that truly we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And now with the uh, increase in medical science, well, it's becoming more and more obvious uh, that we truly are. And I suppose um, one of the, one of the, well... How would you pick out the greatest? But one of the great organs in the human body is the heart. And as we uh, read those scriptures this morning, to love the Lord our God with all our heart and mind and strength, uh, that word heart just leaped out at me afresh. And I just wonder whether Rob was looking over my shoulder as I was writing out the notes. But, um, but the heart is truly a wonderful organ uh, it started beating in our body before we were born, months before we were born, and will continue to do so until the day we die. Now, that is without holidays. And uh, uh, the heartbeat, 1,863,600,000 beats, it is estimated approximately, give or take half a dozen, to the time a, um, a person turns to the age of 50 years. So it is a wonderful organ indeed. But this morning, it's not so much the physical heart, the uh, physical heart uh, that I'm speaking of, but rather the heart, the word heart, as it is used in Scripture, to love the Lord our God with all our heart. The Bible speaks of Merry hearts, those who have a cheerful disposition, Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22, or fearful hearts, when uh, the disciples were asking the Lord about coming events, what will it be like in the last days, and he spoke of men's hearts failing them for fear, fearful hearts, and there were of course were the troubled hearts of the disciples they were bewildered they couldn't understand what was going to happen the next day this is the night before the Lord Jesus went to the cross and he said to them let not your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me then we have burning hearts on the afternoon of the Lord's resurrection day as two disciples were on their way to a little village called Emmaus, about 11 kilometres west of Jerusalem, we read that Jesus himself drew near and just to answer some of their bewilderment, he took them through the Old Testament scriptures. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. All the time they were blissfully unaware of the one who was walking with them. And when the realisation did came after Jesus left, they said, did not our hearts burn within us when he walked with us by the way? But, uh, and of course, um, when uh, the, the Lord God was giving to 
uh, Moses' instructions on uh, building the tabernacle, a place where God could meet with his people in worship. So, uh, so we read that those who were doing the task of carrying out the tabernacle's building to the Lord's specifications, uh, we read that they had wise hearts and willing hearts. Uh, we read this in Exodus chapters 35 and 36. But we don't also forget Pharaoh, the one who was hard of heart when uh, Moses fronted him and said, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh repeatedly said no and hardened his heart. And we also, uh, well, just going back to Genesis once again to uh, the early years of man's um, well, the life of humanity on this earth. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, and we read, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so, so not only do we have joyful hearts, merry hearts, willing and wise hearts, but they're also hard hearts, evil hearts. Every imagination, only uh, evil continually. Now, <clears throat> when we look at the spiritual heart, well, first of all, well, um, we, we have uh, God's uh, diagnosis of this, uh, what, what he would say of it. And that is that in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And God goes on to say, I, the Lord, search the heart. And so, so we read that out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, thefts, and all these uh, Things that defile the man. That's from the words of the Lord himself. Well, getting back to our physical heart again. Today's message is to do with heart problems. Well, there are two ways in which people can experience problems with their heart. One is uh, congenital. Uh, they've had a parent, mother or father or both, uh, with uh, a weakness in the heart and has been passed on to the children. Or it could be acquired by a person's own folly, eating the wrong food or uh, a lack of exercise. And so being a couch potato, his heart is suffering for it also. But, well, spiritually, it can be much the same. Firstly, congenitally, we do have a, a bad heart. And we go to um, the epistle to the Romans, chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, so therefore we are born with a propensity to sin. We are born with a sinful nature. Through one man, Adam, and his disobedience, his sentence of a bad heart was passed to each of us. 
We don't need to train our little children when they can become toddlers how to be disobedient to parents or how to say, no, I didn't take that, mummy. No, they, they do that very well off their own bat because even at that age, they have a sinful nature which is beginning to emerge. But also through our own, uh, through, through our own, uh, stupidity, uh, we read in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now David himself, King David, he recognised that uh, this is both congenital and through his actions. Uh, in that beautiful penitential Psalm 51, he, he prayed um, uh, for a clean heart. But um, he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, he's not saying that there was any sinful act involved with his conception, but rather, he was born with a sinful nature. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive, uh, conceive me. But he's also praying for cleansing because he too, like the couch potato, has made some foolish choices in his life, and actions that have a far-reaching effect at that time. And so this is his coming before the Lord to seek cleansing for the sin that he had committed uh, uh, just a short while before that. So the Lord here, he makes... um, Uh, gives us the prescription for a bad heart in Ezekiel chapter 11 uh, partway through verse 19 and into verse 20 the Lord there is uh, telling how he is going to take a dealing with his people and he said I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. So there's going to, the, the solution for a bad heart, spiritually speaking, is a heart transplant. I'll take the stony heart from them and give them a heart of flesh, a loving heart, a pure heart, a clean heart. And uh, we think of the words of the Lord Jesus himself to Nicodemus when Nicodemus, that Pharisee, came to Jesus by night and said, We know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these miracles that they that you are doing except God is with him. And so Nicodemus, although a Pharisee, he was a genuine seeker after the Lord. And so he came with that question. And what did uh, Jesus say to him? You must be born again. You must be born with a new heart. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Nicodemus, of course, was wrestling with uh, uh, his uh, concept of what being born again was all about. But this is what is needed uh, for us to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so Paul writing to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 5, verse 17, he wrote, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. And so by the new birth, we can come to know the Lord, to have a personal relationship with him. And so, well, uh, years ago, many decades ago, uh, I heard a um, a, an evangelist uh, speak about um, a chap who had uh, problems with his with with his physical. uh, This is all pictorial, and he he goes to see Doctor Law, and he says. Doc, look, I've got problems with my tongue. You just wouldn't believe some of the things that I say. Can you do something about my tongue? And Dr. Law replies, no, it's not your tongue, it's your heart. Well, a bit of an argument going on there, a bit of a debate. And he said, but while I'm here, I'm having trouble also with my feet. My feet are taking me to places where I shouldn't be going. Can you do something about my feet? And the doctor said, no, it's not your feet, it's your heart. And uh, he he gave up in disgust and anger, went and saw a couple of other quacks. He he went to see Dr. B. Good. And so he was told to turn over a new leaf and mend his ways. And that worked all right for a day or two, but then it, it was not satisfying at all. So he went to see Dr. Religion, who told him join the church and do this and... Uh, he came back, he said, well, it was all right for a week or so, but um, now that's faded. Well, what are you doing in the church? What, why don't you, you know, do some work in the church? And so he taught a Sunday school class or he uh, cleaned up the yard or whatever, but nothing worked and he had to come back to Dr. Law and he said, I've been telling you all along, it's your heart. And this is what the problem is with unregenerate man. We have a faulty heart. And so uh, he, he asked the doc, this is part of the sermon, of course, well, what should I do about my heart? And he said, well, you need a heart transplant. You need a new heart. Okay, well, when can you do it? I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. You mean I need it or I'll die? And he said, yes. Well, who's going to do it? And, and he referred him to Dr. Grace. And so he went to Dr. Grace and he heard uh, the message of the cross there. And... Uh, Dr. Law had always been um, angry with him and mad at him uh, for arguing with him and for not heeding his advice earlier on. He said he went back to Dr. Law and Dr. Law wasn't mad at me anymore. (laughs) And so he was very grateful for the law of God which pointed out to him that yes, he is a sinner. He does have a bad heart. He does need to have cleansing. And so... um, so he came God's way, and that is the way of the cross. And, um, and so th- thinking then about the, the operation necessary to cleanse our heart, well, first of all, we focus on the divine surgeon himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, a well-loved verse, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. There are five faithful sayings in the pastoral epistles. There are three of them in the first epistle to Timothy and one each in the second epistle and Titus. But uh, this is the first of them. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And so he is the one and he comes with the divine scalpel. Well, the divine scalpel we read in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 is uh, the, the word of God is sharper, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so it is by the word of God as we come to the Saviour that we can <coughs> uh, experience the joy of having uh, our sins forgiven and to have uh, cleansing from our sins. And so as the, uh, as the uh, psalmist, well, um, David, uh, getting back to Psalm 51 again as he prayed, uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Uh, once again, a beautiful psalm from that man. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so then, uh, this salvation freely available, this giving of a new heart, this being born again, in John chapter 1, we read concerning the Lord Jesus that he came to his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the authority, the power to become children of God, even to them that believe in his name, who were born not of blood. We don't come uh, to, well, we are not Christians automatically if our parents are Christians. It is not of blood. It's not something we inherit from our parents. It is not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. It is not from turning over a new leaf, nor is it by the will of man. Uh, we cannot uh, do anything for anybody else. You cannot get salvation by going to a pastor, an evangelist, or minister, or priest uh, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It is a divine transaction that takes place. And so, uh, so what would our response be when we see uh, this for the first time? Like the hymn writer said, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. And so th this is the situation that we are in when we come to the Lord Jesus seeing ourselves as guilty sinners before him, trusting him for salvation and coming to know him as our own personal saviour. So I'd just like to go back to Psalm 139 again and in closing just use those uh, closing verses. Search me, O God, and know my heart, Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Our
Father, we bow before you this morning at the close of our service. We give you thanks indeed for such a salvation as ours. But Lord, we are mindful too of the terrible price that was paid on Calvary's cross to bring this about. We shrink from the thought of the physical sufferings of crucifixion, of scourging, of mocking, and yet, Lord, how can we enter into those three hours of darkness when the whole scene was sheltered from human view and where we, as we read in Isaiah 53, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Father, we pray for each one of us here this morning that we may be able to say with truth, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That we could take our place with the Apostle Paul and come as guilty, lost sinners to the Saviour. And so, Father, we, we thank you for this time this morning as we have been able to meet together in fellowship with each other, remembering the Lord and seeing from uh, the Scriptures something of the matchless grace of God. Be with us then as we part, as we separate, and in all things we pray that we truly will Bear the name of Christ with all faithfulness as we step out into this world uh, from today on. Hear us then as we return our thanks in our Saviour's precious name. Amen.
down. And uh, please come and join with us this morning uh, for a cup of tea, coffee, some, some other delicacies there. Thank you.